Welcome to Break the Routine Podcast, presented by Chef Region 7. On our podcast, we'll talk with guests on various topics that range from professional development to personal growth. We want to share stories that many can relate to and that our audience can feel a sense of ease when they hear how others got to where they are. Please stay tuned to future episodes. All right. Well, welcome everybody to our next industry talk. This night, tonight, we're going to actually be talking about a very specific industry that's been getting a lot of attention recently, which is the consulting industry. And we figured the best one to talk to about this is obviously Accenture. So we have a few guests representing Accenture tonight, and we're obviously going to pick their brain and see exactly what that experience is like working not only in Accenture, but what their experiences has been like for consulting in general. So. Let me go ahead and move over to introducing everybody. So I'll go ahead and start with introducing one of our guests, which is Sandra. Sandra, welcome. Hello, everybody. My name is Sandra Chavez. I'm a technology manager based out of Tampa, Florida. I've been with Accenture for about three years now, and I'm a two-time University of Florida Gator and really, really passionate about CHEP and everything you all do. So super excited to be here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And then we have our very own regional program director, Mr. Carlos Arboleda. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, everyone. Uh, to those that I haven't met before, welcome. To those I've seen, hey again. As Andres mentioned, my name is Carlos Arboleda. I am an analyst at Accenture. I've been at Accenture for about a year and a half now. Uh, if you can count my internship experience with Accenture as well. Uh, a UCF alum and... Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Do we have anyone else uh, from Accenture here? I can't see from the list. And that's it, right? All right, cool. Yeah, no, we're good. All right, we're good. All right, so as you can see, we've got some Gators, we've got some Knights, and obviously from wherever else is here from Region 7 and elsewhere. Thank you guys for joining. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about real stuff. We're going to get real about some of the experiences these folks have had and see what it's like to be in the consulting industry. So. First up, the how. So I'll go ahead and start with Sandra. How did you get into this industry? This is a lovely question. And I'm going to say that growing up, I had three career paths. Either I was going to be an engineer, a lawyer, or a doctor, and I chose law. I actually had aspirations to be a lawyer. I don't know if you're like from my, my similar community, you're only given those three options. So I actually was studying political science at the University of Florida as an undergrad. And a moment that changed my entire trajectory and just my life was in 2016. Um, my best friend at the time is like, hey, I'm going to join this Master of Science and in Information Systems program. And for the first time in my adult life, I said, me too, where I didn't focus on the what ifs I suck, what if I fail, what if I'm not great, um, just said me too, and I enrolled in the program. Then I saw a lot of people, uh, part of the Warrington College of Business saying, hey, I'm going to be a consultant, and I was like, y'all don't really know how to do much, so maybe I can be a consultant, so that's what really piqued my interest there, it was uh, just following what people were doing, and then it turns out that I could actually really excel in this career path, so it was all faith for me. Nice, sounds good, and what about you, Carlos? So sort of like Sandra, it's a little bit out of the path from what I originally wanted to do. So when I went to UCF, I went as an aerospace major, uh, did that for two years, 
wasn't a good fit. Uh, switched to mechanical, wasn't a good fit. Switched to industrial, it was a good fit. And then at that point, uh, Accenture started coming to UCF through some of the SHEP leadership uh, that did their best to bring them on campus. And then at that point, uh, once I got to explore the world of Accenture a little bit, uh, I was able to interview in person at SHEP conference in 2019 and did my whole interview process within a week. So that was pretty hectic in itself. And then once I, when I entered in summer 2020, uh, that was a year that COVID really hit for the, for the first of many times, right? Um, and it just ended up being my favorite internship out of all of them. And, and here we are a year and a half later. All right, so I want to ask a question since you guys are coming from the same company. And Carlos, you kind of hinted at it with your internship experience. What was it about this particular company that really brought your attention? And you think a lot of people gained so much interest in working for Accenture? So I, I really find just my paths a little bit unusual. I think that when I'm I'm a first generation um, student, first gen everything, you know, kind of you, I can pretty much check a lot of boxes um, when you think of the immigrant experience. And with that said, I think that migrating to this country had a lot of side effects on me and how I felt about myself. And I was always very scared, just like afraid of everything. Even though a lot of people were like, hey, you have a lot of potential. I never really believed it, right? It was kind of like superficial potential, but never deep within. Um, and I was starting to put myself out there, trying to find internships, trying to create a better life right? I had expectations this minimal for myself. And once I started to expose myself to organizations and to people and to career coaches, etc., I was like, wow, my, my perspective has definitely um, brought in here. Um, and I started to believe in myself enough to where I was comfortable um, putting myself in uncomfortable situations, things that, that I didn't really feel like, oh, I could I could join Accenture, for example. So I had been following Accenture for about two, three years before I actually applied for the first time, which is a little bit of a sad story. I wasn't as courageous as Carlos, but I was not comfortable. I was so scared of rejection. I was so scared of failure. Only the quote unquote, smart kids were getting it. Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? So when I finally had enough experience um, in my career from an internship perspective, but also started to believing in myself, I reached out and I was like, hey, I know I can be a great fit. I am ready uh, for this moment. I know I can do great things at Accenture. So with that confidence, I started to actually attend events and be a little bit more purposeful um, and for me, Andres and, and Carlos, maybe this resonates with you. It was, I felt so authentic and so comfortable in my own skin around people from the company. And for me, that was so unusual because I always thought I had to refine my personality so much where my Latinidad didn't really come to the front of the conversation. I didn't really lean into that uh, at the very beginning. So I think it's how people made me feel because I didn't really care where I would you know, end up in. Damn, <laughs> that's good. Uh, what about you, Carlos? Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to follow that a little bit. Um, so at least for me, um, 
so I'd interned in aerospace for three other internships, two of them pretty long-term. And I was at a point in my undergraduate career where I, where I was really trying to justify why it is that I was doing engineering, why it was that I was kind of on the path that I was. And I kept getting towards the conclusion that engineering just wasn't for me. It wasn't a place that I wanted, that I saw myself being happy or being quote unquote successful in the ways that mattered to me. Um, so when I joined Accenture during the internship, it was the first internship where there was a lot more freedom and a lot more opportunity to do whatever it was that you wanted to do. And what I mean by that is when you join the world of consulting, uh, the best way I can describe it, it's an endless amount of internships and co-ops because you can be on a project for three months, six months, a year, two weeks, four weeks, it really just depends. And you weren't just limited to one type of work, one type of team, one type of department, and you could really jump around as you kind of went up the ladder until you specialized. And it was also at a point uh, where I was really trying to just figure myself and where I kind of fell within like the LGBTQ community and the STEM community and the Hispanic community. And it was the first company that I actually worked with that was really adamant about what it meant to be authentic and inclusive and really put their money where their mouth was. Um, so when it came time to full time, it was, for me, it was a no brainer. Um, and I say that with a grain of salt because uh, having other offers did make it hard, but at the end of the day, um, I'm happy with the choice. Nice, nice. Good answers, guys. Good. It's only question one. All right, so the next one up is, what is the life like in the industry? And you guys kind of hinted at a little bit about it in your experiences, but what is it like actually working? Um, from my perspective, it is incredibly rough. Um, but what I will say is that my upbringing itself, I have had to learn to be very resourceful. Again, tying it back to like where I come from, who my family is. And if you've kind of heard some of the presentations I've given in the past, you know that life wasn't always great. But that really instilled in me, in me a lot of work ethic, a lot of resourcefulness, a lot of grit, a lot of resiliency. Um, because when you join Accenture, Carlos, Car Carlitos mentioned it, you can do a lot. But that, if you're not used to being overwhelmed and making something out of nothing, it is a very difficult place to thrive. You have to have the ability to put yourself out there, to be courageous and to introduce yourself and to really build deep relationships because through that exposure, you're actually going to know what is it that you want to do when you grow up. Then the next part is how do you actually land in those spaces, right? How can you be strategic about the projects that you join? We are in an everlasting rotational program. It's so embedded into our model. It's what we do. So we have to get comfortable with change. There's a lot of us that don't love change, but if you're in consulting, you have to constantly change. And that can add a lot of complexity because you're closing something and then you're opening a new chapter, having to, you know, reprove yourself, redo things, re everything from scratch. So that can get a little bit daunting, a little bit scary. And then on the other side is also, um, there's a lot of pressure because we are client facing. Clients are paying big bucks for you to be there. And constantly in the back of at least my mind was, how do I 
show my worth and my value here when I truly, truly don't know much, especially as an analyst. So I think those three things make it just rough. But with that said, um, in consulting, I think that I have a good personality for it. I am resourceful. I can come up, you know, with solutions to different problems. So I love I love when things are not the same. I love it when there are big challenges that I can kind of, you know, take a step back. And um, I tell this to, to, to the wonderful people in my life. I, my brain is made up of a bunch of boxes. So I enjoy categorizing. I enjoy kind of, you know, building frameworks and a lot of those things. So I think those are, you know, some initial thoughts that, that come to my mind. Um, Carlitos, how about you? How is your life in the industry? Sorry, um, I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, it's one of those things where <laughs> consulting, like any company you work for is they'll take as much as you give. And that's a lesson that you either learn the hard way or you learn it before you join the consulting industry. So with that, uh, coming in as an analyst, and I can only speak about the COVID experience. Sandra can talk about the pre-COVID experience when travel was still abundant and all that stuff was happening. But um, when you're home and working from a computer, it's a lot easier to say yes, because you feel like you can do a lot more. But in reality, the amount of work is the same as you would be doing in person. And that gets dangerous when you keep saying yes and more and more gets expected out of you. That leads to, to you kind of burning out and not being the best that you can be and should be. Um, so that's one thing. Um, but like Sandra mentioned, you have to be someone that really enjoys change and is comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I don't just mean in learning new skills or exposing yourself to things that you don't know. It's also about being comfortable with meeting new people, with being, in, being thrown into brand new teams every, every project. Uh, every client has a different working style. So that means kind of adapting on the fly as you as you work with the client to build their trust uh, and have uh, to building their trust and just kind of dealing with any sort of conflicts and, and fires that come up. Um, that, yeah, I, got, uh, I was kind of all over the place, but that's what's top of mind. Yeah. And I think some of us, like we value stability um, and you kind of have to determine, right? Like, are you really open to change? Um, there are a few of us that are in long-term projects, but then can you really, you know, lose those relationships and move on to something new? There's just a lot in our careers that we have to make strategic decisions on to be able to go to the next phase. Um, but Carlos, you mentioned something great, like, we train people how to treat us. Um, and, and I'm sure like we'll go into more of like that personal side, et cetera. Um, but there's just a lot of responsibility and ownership that we have to take over, you know, for our careers. I will say really quick, just jumping in on last on the last thought is uh, with all of this change that you're adapting to, it's a really, really great opportunity to explore all of the areas that come to mind that you think might interest you. So for example, my first project, I was doing value engineering work and that's something that I've never done before. And now on my second project, I'm doing agile with wildfire mitigation. So there are two completely different things, two completely different industries, two completely different clients and all within about a year. So whereas if you're in the industry, 
you may not get that type of exposure that quickly. Uh, so change doesn't always mean bad, right? So just kind of keep that in mind. 100%. All right, so thank you for the questions so far. So everybody, if you're listening, if you have any questions, feel free to put them on the chat and we'll ask them during the Q&A at the end, right? So next question, el bueno y el malo, the pros and cons. You guys kind of hinted at some of the stuff, but can you give us some examples of some of the experiences you've had that are good or bad? Carlitos, does you like to go first this time? Um, I'm uh, trying to say this in a, in a PG-13 kind of way. Um, honestly, I'd say like a con is, um, I think it's the, the, I don't want to call it fear because I don't know if fear is the right word, but the pressures that they kind of instill on you from the very beginning to, to be chargeable, like don't be the bench, the bench is a scary thing. When in reality, it's not such a scary thing. Um, it just adds a lot of pressure to you as you try to figure out the world that is Accenture and it's 700,000 people. Um, but at the same time, that's a pro in itself because they're always pushing you to, to be learning, to adapt, to get certified, learn a new skill set, network, meet new people, get involved in the office, in ERGs, employee resource groups, and all that stuff. So it's a, it is a double-edged sword in that sense. Um, another con I would say is you have to be really good about setting your boundaries or else your life will be very difficult. Um, and that can be applied to any career and any company you work with. But um, in the world of consulting, again, the more that you give, the more that they'll take. So you have to be really good about understanding your bandwidth and capacity and master the ability to say no. If you generally can't complete something that's client face worthy. Um, I don't know, Sandra, if you want to add to that. Yeah, of course. So a lot of things that you just mentioned, Carlos, resonate with me. Um, I'll start kind of going through my lo malo, right? Um, and the first thing that, that I want to talk about and just mention here is that although I grabbed the confidence from like, I really don't know where, I don't know what happened my first few months at Accenture, but I felt like the bottom of the totem pole, low risk, what do I have to lose? You know, hopefully I don't get fired in the first few weeks. I don't think that'll happen. So I can really try a lot of things and, and put myself out there. But I think internally, I was still pretty lost. So like just with myself, with who I am, with my confidence, like internally just so deeply rooted in me that I was lost, that I didn't really understand my purpose because I was still doing things because I was more worried with making my community look good rather than me driving my life. Um, I, I'm not quite sure that I'm being super eloquent explaining that, um, but if it, this resonates with you, you probably, you know, kind of have felt this. I just feel so much external pressure. So I, did, I really feel like I was being driven by that. So I felt pretty lost internally. And because there's so much to do, you're focused on that busyness, right? And you just are able to mask your entire feelings because there's just so much going on. You're trying to figure out your career, your next steps. Um, the next piece is that a lot of us, when we graduate, we really feel like we're going to change the world. At least I did. 
And then I think when you first start any company um, and Accenture, we speak a lot about sustainability. We speak about changing the, the communities that we live in. We speak about all this great stuff. But when you're first beginning your career, do you really have the right skills to be this change maker, this changing the world type of person? And unless you're, you know, a magician, I'm not quite sure. I certainly didn't have a lot of great skills day one. So my expectations of changing the world, I think, were probably a little too high for what I could actually execute on day one. So I think a lot of us kind of are like, oh, wow, like, this is not what I was hired for. Well, have you seen the type of work that we do? And do you have the right skills to be able to accomplish that? And it's, it takes time to be able to build on that. Um, the next piece is, and it ties into a lot of what Carlos was mentioning, is that it's there's just you train people how to treat you and that's exactly how it's going to go so that fact that you have so much ownership of what happens is incredibly rough especially for me when i am a yes here yes there yes everything person um so i trained my managing director that i was always going to be available always regardless of where he was in the world i was going to be there that i was going to meet with my offshore my nearshore teams and this team you know 5 a.m 6 a.m it didn't matter at night um so i made some pretty early on decisions that really had a domino effect on my mental health and on my well-being um and it got to the point where thankfully i was able to be transparent with my managing director and i was like yo I'm depressed, I'm not feeling great. I really need to take a step back. And thankfully we have a really great relationship and leading to that point we were building common understanding to where now he really practices to being very intentful where he says, I'm gonna send you things over the weekend because it works for me. You don't have to reply. None of this is urgent. I just need to let things out into the world so that they are executed on by Monday. Um, so through those small changes, I think I've been able to also retrain my brain. Um, the last con is that Accenture hires really great people. I don't know, Carlitos, about you, but I was always comparing myself. Um, I am a great gator. I'm so proud. But my first project was people from Harvard, people from Northwestern. And then all of a sudden you go from being like, oh yeah, go Gators to like, oh my God, what am I doing in this room? I'm a little, just a little tiny baby Gator here. Um, so I think that's also been difficult. Like how do I still feel like I'm, an, I'm a contributor when there's like 20 other people who are just amazing and killing the game? Um, on the other hand, there is a lot of pros, right? Because when you have ownership, you can actually drive your career. You can take it where you want it to go. Um, and I think that Accenture is also a place where they're, we're open to ideas. So um, as long as you can kind of come up with solutions, with options, with things to, to brainstorm on, my MD is incredibly great about listening, allowing me to implement. And it's very unusual that a technologist makes manager within 10, within three years. But that just goes to show you too that there's a lot of opportunity. And if you take advantage of it, you can grow and you can get to the places that you were once dreaming of. Anything to add to that? Because um, I feel like I only talked about the cons. Uh, some pros, I would say Accenture is one of those places where, yes, your position matters but it also doesn't matter. And I say that like when you're in the office, you can easily spark a conversation with 
leadership as easily as you would your fellow analyst. Whether it's in the office, at an event, at a happy hour, at a volunteering event, uh, Accenture is really good about really pushing the fact that everyone's a human being and that's okay. Uh, yes, you work a lot and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it's if you say that you can't do it, like they do respect that. Um, and that's something that I really admire about the company because not all companies do that. Um, and to Sandra's last point about kind of being in the room with all these different people from all these different backgrounds and trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, Accenture is really good about helping you figure out where it is that you want to go. If you're in a project that isn't a good fit, they are supportive of you either shifting to a different work stream, shifting your focus, shifting your place on the project, on the team to really make sure that you are setting yourself for success in the best way in an area that you know you'll flourish and you'll thrive in. Um, whereas in some other places, it may not be that way where it's like, oh, you're locked into this role in this department for the next two years. Sorry, suck it up. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, good to know. Let's see here. All right, so the culture, what's it like? And I, I've met a few Accenture people, and you guys can be crazy, but I kind of want to know from your perspective, what is the culture like at Accenture? culture's lit <laughs> so um it, it's a, a very i think it's such a big company that where we have to be flexible um with what do we expect of our people what is you know the culture that we're building so if you look at our organization there's accenture at, at the top right um, there's 800,000 people in 125 different countries and here, 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 across the world. And then you look at our different verticals or different businesses, operating units, and then you break it down further, right? By, by market unit, by location, by this, by that. So I, although I believe that Julie Sweet does a really great job at setting the tone where we are a pretty open company where we are trying to you know move and progress with the times and and kind of where our world is is shifting in terms of core values in terms of inclusion and diversity being accepting um not tolerating you know racism not tolerating hate like a lot of things that i think align with me and who i am our ceo speaks on them um so she sets the tone for us and then the rest of the um, leaders within each country kind of have to follow that. Um, with that said, I do feel like we do a, a really great job at creating the spaces through employee resource groups, through different you know initiatives to allow people to come together on things that um, that resonate with each other. So we have the Hispanic American Employee Resource Group, we have the Florida Analyst Groups, we have um, faith assembly groups we have you know all kinds of uh, mental health well-being um the the running club this club that club to try to create um more communities right different communities a sense of belonging so that you can develop deep relationships um so i do feel like we create the space and the time to be able to follow those um the other thing is that we do hire a lot of people from different aspects of the of the of from different 
from different areas, right? So from different worlds, et cetera. So we also have to learn how to work together. Um, I think it would be easy for me to be like, hey, everybody's just like me here at Accenture, but that's absolutely not the case. Um, from time to time, you're gonna have to cross those uh, country boundaries and try to accommodate uh, you know, to their culture, to their expectations and have to you know, understand. For me, I have teams in India, I have teams in Buenos Aires. Um, as well in, in Eastern Europe as well. And now I'm going into the uh, more of Latin America uh, market, which I'm really excited about. And everybody has, you know, a different culture that I have to adapt to. But overall, I feel warm and fuzzy. And I feel like I can be me in this, you know, in this culture here that we are creating at Accenture. Nice. All right, Carlitos, are you warm and fuzzy too? Uh, depends on the day, I'll be honest. Um, but no, I mean, Sandra spoke to a lot of what I really wanted to touch on, but um, I will say it's been really interesting being at Accenture in that in-between phase of being in COVID and now as we live in a world post-COVID, the culture has shifted um, in a good way, at least in my opinion. So um, during COVID, it was all virtual work. So like all of the interactions, like all the networking, all the all that stuff coming on, like it was all virtual. Like there was no sense of human connection. There was just who I'm looking at across the screen if they have their camera on. Whereas now there is a really strong push of doing a lot more events in person, rebuilding those communities in the office, in your local areas. Um, and even here in Seattle, they're doing initiatives to connect people within the same zip code, um, do stuff in person at the office, outside of the office. Um, so I'm really enjoying that shift back into what Accenture was pre-COVID. Um, but, um, sorry, I had one more thing I wanted to say and then slipped my mind. Um, come back to me. Uh, if it comes to mind, but, uh, I'll leave the conversation there for now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, something to Carlitos, as you were speaking, came to my mind is that we have an Accenture culture and then it's divided into verticals, as I mentioned, and then by market units, et cetera, et cetera. But also the projects that you're part of, they are building their own culture. So I think that what has been neat about my career so far is that I've always, if not pretty quickly, always had a say in how do I want our accounts to function. Um, so I've been pretty lucky in that sense, too, that a lot of like the vibe that I want to bring, right, being in a more like I'm, I'm a leader, I'm a delivery lead for, for multiple teams here, and I get to treat my team members the way that I want to be treated. So I can, I do have the authority to bring that to the table, too, um, which is not the usual, you know, experience, like some of us are coming into projects, into teams, into accounts that are well-established, they have their own culture that they've already built. So I think on, on my side, I, on my, on my side of the story, I am pretty lucky because I get to build that. I have authority over it and I get to make it, you know, kind of how like my mom treats me. There's always food involved. There's this involved. Um, and just, you know, bring that kind of community collaborative mindset. Um, so I, I, I do feel like I'm pretty lucky in that sense too. Um, really quick, that, the thought came back to me. Um, when it comes to culture, at least from the projects that I've worked on, in both instances, 
they've been really, really good about wanting me to make mistakes for the sake of me learning from my mistakes. And that's something that I never really saw in my other internships and other companies that I was striving to work for. Um, Accenture is really good about wanting you to push yourself and mess up the first couple of times for you to learn how to do better and move forward and kind of pass that, pass that along to the people under you as you go up. So for example, my last lead on the project, on the project I'm currently on, he was very honest. He was like, you're going to get it wrong 90% of the time of the first try. The point is for you to get it wrong, for you to learn and for you to help make your leads like easier because you've created a place for them to start. So only because if you think you're doing it wrong, it doesn't mean that you're not supporting or you're not helping. You're providing a place for them to, to keep it going, if that makes sense. Thanks for bringing that up, Carlos. I've had many, many meltdowns. I've gotten many, many things wrong. And even when I am not, like one of the things too that really like sticks to my mind is there are moments where I'm super, super critical of myself, where I'm like, I'm not being 100% productive today. And I have the courage, right? I, I'll send my mess, a message to my managing director and I'm like, yo, I'm not being super productive here. I am so sorry. I just don't feel great. I'm not getting it. And he's like, hey, you first, you're a human. I don't expect you to be running at 110 miles per hour every single day. You are allowed to give yourself time. Or I've had, you know, new experiences in my career that have, that I really don't feel like I was ready for them, but he trusted me enough to be able to do certain things to do with financials, with project work, with selling deals, with delivery leading, uh, with leading delivery. And I think at every new phase that was scary, he would do the same thing, Carlitos, like, hey, you know, go ahead, try it. And then... <laughs> things just like flop and I'm like crying because I'm a big cry baby and he's like it's okay like let's learn from it let's generate some lessons learned um here as well it's all part of the learning that we all have to do for for the sake of growth um so yes safe to fail a lot of our teams are also running in what's called agile um and there's a lot of emphasis on psychological safety so I feel like because there is new approaches to doing kind of work that enhances improve safety and just us training each other a little bit better, you know, Accenture's not afraid to kind of embed that into our culture. I will say, um, it's really, it's a really nice moment when you, you ping another consultant or manager on the call that you're on and you're very honest and say, like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. And they respond. Yeah, same, but we'll figure it out. Like there's no better moment than that because you, you know that, Although nobody knows what's going on, you're still moving forward and delivering what it is that you need to deliver for your client. Um, so that's all part of the adventure. Nice. All right, cool. I think we're going to go ahead and go straight into Q&A because you guys are, you guys are owning this so far. So thank you for those who asked questions. I'll go ahead and get them going. And if you guys have anything coming up, feel free to please put them on the chat. So first up from Franco. Uh, from UF, how does Accenture promote personal growth for the employee? Um, Carlitos, you'd like to take a stab at this? Sure, yeah. I mean, it really just depends what kind of growth you're looking for. Um, Accenture invests millions 
every fiscal year into trainings and certifications for their employees. So if you have any sort of interest in expanding a skill set, whether it's getting Scrum certified, uh, AWS certification, cloud certification, learning more about uh, transformations, uh, reorg, whatever it is, there is a place for you to really grow in that space as much as you want to. Um, um, Accenture does uh, a really good job of helping you build the community that you need to build for yourself. Um, and in the sense of, it's one of those places where you need advocacy to really get to where you want to go. So when you join a company as big as Accenture, you have to find those that are willing to advocate for you and really push you forward as you progress into your career. Uh, because those are the ones that are going to be your champions. Your champions when it comes to promotions, your champions when it comes to, are they a good fit for the project? Are they a good fit for this leadership role? Can I trust them to do this proposal? Can I trust them to, to tackle a little bit more than I think they can? Uh, and all that, all that community, all that support is meant to help you grow not only as a person, but also an employee with the company. Uh, and, and just to add to that, just a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, maybe I need to make some changes into the village. I was thinking this internally, right, uh, to myself. Uh, maybe I need to make some changes to the village that supports me. Um, one, I felt like I was creating some deep relationships with executives that all looked a certain way. And here I am preaching, you know, to everybody the importance of, of DEI, um, of, you know, ensuring that we are kind of empowering women, empowering Latinos, and my village, my sponsorship all looks the same. So that's when I started to make a little bit more of an effort. Um, and thankfully, I've, ex I've exposed myself enough to different uncomfortable situations that have led to wonderful relationships with Nelly Borrero, with Carolina, with all these different key um, women leaders at our company. So it is so beautiful that once a thought comes into your mind, you can actually make that happen to tie into that champion, to that sponsorship Um point that, that Carlitos just mentioned. I also want to talk a little bit about our well-being. Um, I really, really believe that I, again, got super lucky with having a wonderful managing director who really respects me, values my ideas, and has had very difficult uh, difficult conversations that have led to the common understanding that we have today. When I first met him, I really felt like he wouldn't understand me. Um, just because I have my own biases um, and made my own assumptions about him. But he is so great at just listening um, and trying to redefine, you know, his perception. So I've been pretty lucky that Accenture also allows us to take care of ourselves, right? If you're training people how to treat you appropriately, they're going to do that. If you need time off during the day, like you don't have a client meeting, you can go get your nails done. You can go get your hair done during the day. You can go pick up your kids. You can do all of these things that are going to bring you more of a balanced fulfillment. We can't promise you that you're going to have the best work-life balance. If anything, our executives are preaching work-life integration. Um, so we are given kind of that freedom and they lead by example, um, where we get to prioritize what's important to us. Um, so that's the first piece, flexibility with our schedules. 
And obviously, the, the higher you go up in the chain, the more flexibility, because people are adapting to your schedule rather than the other way around. And the other piece is that we have a lot of access um, to calm space, to headspace, to these different um, kind of more well-being applications and also have access to a lot of like therapy and things like that. That's how I got started on my on my therapy journey when, when the pandemic began. So we're given, you know, at least the toolkit or at least a starting point to accomplish, you know, things that are that are more aligned with with who we are internally. Really quick on that note, uh, I've also recently started my therapy journey. And I have a sync with my lead twice a week. And on one of the calls, I was very honest. I was like, hey, FYI, I'm starting therapy. So in the case I can't make calls, I hope that's okay. And she was like, yeah, no, like client calls, like your mental health is priority. So like do that and like, we'll figure it out. So as long as you're willing to be vocal and advocate for yourself and what you need, people will adjust to you as much as you adjust to them. Nice. And that answered pretty much Franco's second question, which is, how does the company promote good work-life balance? So thank you guys for sharing that. All right, next up is Nico. Um, he says, hello, when, are, when you all started at Accenture, was it under an, a specific track? If so, what if someone wants to try a different one once in the company? Um, so I started my career as part of the technology development program. My fancy title was advanced application engineering software, blah, 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 blah. I would like so long and um, there's a lot of abbreviation for it because it's just super long um so we do start under a vertical so some of us are aligned to center technology like myself some of us are aligned to consulting and, and strategy management consulting and strategy operations there's just all these song right so there are different alignments that you have to start off with um i do feel like our company provides that rotational project work. Um, it's part of our model. It's part of what we do. Um, so you can cross. You can cross those alignments. So I work with people from song. I work with people from uh, consulting um, management, strategy, and consulting. Um, so I cross all the different verticals. So it didn't really matter what was my alignment. I could still try new things. I've done strategy work as a technologist as well in talent and organization. Um, so you can. It's built into our model to be able to try new things regardless of your alignment um so with that said if you do want to shift your alignment your you know hr dedicated alignment you can pursue that but ideally you kind of you know when you first start you take a bet and you pick what best resonates with you so that you enjoy your experience and you're proud to be a part of you know accenture On that note as well, so when you come into these tracks, uh, whether it's CDP, TDP, song, operations, Accenture strategy, you have about two years, give or take, because again, everyone's journey is different, to really explore what it, what it is that you want to do before you have to specialize at the consultant level. Uh, so with that, you can, I feel like it's easier to jump around at the analyst and senior analyst level than once you hit consultant and above, and Sandra, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's one of those things where if you have an inkling of desire to try something new, go for it. Mm -hmm. Like the worst that they'll tell you is no. And if they tell you no, chances are it's because there's no roles available within that space you want to be in, not because you can't be in that space. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I uh, my specialty is a master. What is it called? Jack of all trades, master of none. That's typically how I introduce myself in uh, everything that I do. Um, I took a lot of pride in being a, a generalist. You know, just getting things done. Then when I started to seek that L nine, um, a consultant like legit consultant, right, level here at Accenture, I was being asked like, okay, well, what do you want to specialize in? And I was like, oh, stakeholder management, growth strategy, uh, leading delivery. And my leaders are pretty honest. So they're like, okay, if you want to get there, this is kind of, you know, what I would recommend you start to, to improve, to enhance. Um, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow, you know, I, if, if Workday continues to grow, maybe I want to switch to Workday and, and we can do that. Um, I think too, what's really beautiful about Accenture, I'll give us a quick plug. We're not a perfect place, but because we just do so much, there's a lot of different things that we have access to without having to leave the company. So we have partnerships with Microsoft. We have partnerships with Workday. We have uh, partnerships with SAP, with IBM, with Google. We have a practice for all these different sectors. So if today you want to be a technologist in, for, in the Microsoft and the Azure cloud, you can. If you want to be for Workday, you can. For ServiceNow, you can. You We're also industry focused, right? So if you want to work at, at places like, and I'll say this out loud because it's a public client of us, at Disney, you can. You want to work at, um, at a big bank, you can, right? So I think there's a lot more that can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, but if you're part of Accenture, you know, you can be a part of any of these things. All right, cool. So the next one, I'm going to split into two questions. Um, so where would you say most Accenture new hires sourced from? Do you feel people typically get hired without going through an Accenture internship? I was not an intern. I was a full-timer. No shame in that. Um, because we do so many different things at Accenture. Uh, my first project was taking um, a big bank from on-prem technologies to the cloud, to the Amazon Web Services. And I had done an internship at an IT uh, auditing company. And when you're migrating people to the cloud, you also need to leave certain risk documentations behind. And thankfully, I had had that experience. So here I am, a, an entry technologist, but also with some risk um, experience lenses. And all of a sudden, I was, you know, part of that work stream. So I don't think that you need to have an internship. Um, and where do we most of our Accenture new hire source uh, come from? Um, they come from everywhere and anywhere. Um, there is definitely a lot of emphasis on on. Um, on sourcing talent uh, from from Shep, for example, right? All of you are definitely a priority for us, um, but our application is open as long as you have, you know, the right skills and are interested in doing what we what we do here. It's definitely we're pretty diverse. I would I would say. On that note as well, uh, Accenture is really good about hiring a plethora of majors, right? You don't have to be in engineering to be successful here in Accenture. I've met anthropology majors, art majors, theater majors, music majors, poli-sci majors, um, literacy majors, engineering majors. Like you have, you can pick, think of any major and chances are they're here at Accenture. Uh, and to Sandra's point about where we source from, chances are like shoot your shot. You know, your school, 
where you come from doesn't always matter, isn't always the biggest factor. Shoot your shot. The worst that they'll say is no, and you just keep shooting your shot the next time. So only because you come from a big school or, like, coming from a big school or a small school, like, it shouldn't matter. Just shoot every shot you can, and chances are someone will notice you. The second part to the question. Um, Andres? All right, I was immune. I completely said the whole thing on you. My bad. Um, have you seen, how have you seen people from different career backgrounds integrate into the Accenture culture? Carly, did you want to get us started there? Um, yeah, sure. So uh, not everyone starts at Accenture as a as an analyst, right? Not everyone comes at Accenture from an internship. Um, Accenture has a really big experienced hire community where people that join the, join the firm from other companies, other industries, other consulting firms, and they bring all of that with them. So as you start exploring these different accounts, these different industries, um, you're gonna notice that people are subject matter experts in their own field. And chances are, it may be that they worked in that field prior to Accenture. It could be that they built up that expertise or that experience through Accenture. Um, so what I'm getting at is you don't have to start at Accenture to be successful at Accenture. Um, you can literally come from any walk of life and any experience level and find your way at Accenture. Mm -hmm. I think too, um, if I may add is are, what we do requires a lot of change. It requires a lot of flexibility um, because when we're first starting a project, even though we think we know what we're going to tackle, you won't really know what we're solving for until you get in there and start to do your due diligence uh, period where you are interviewing, looking at documentation, trying to really understand the problem. So I think from different career backgrounds, if you have experience in something, it's extremely helpful. Like I've seen some teachers be amazing consultants because a lot of what we also do is educating our clients. And what a better person to educate the client than our teachers, right? So I think it's if you're flexible and if you're nimble enough to be able to integrate to the ways of working, that Accenture teaches us, you're going to do great. So I have seen different people from different career backgrounds from our experience hire pool, even with students right out of college with different internships experience, we just need to come together to be able to solve a problem. So as long as you can collaborate and you can create a community within your project team, um, people typically you know, integrate well. Um, another piece is we also have to have the ability to listen very intently. Um, that's actually one of the things that I love about working with, with Carlos. We don't, we're not on the same project, but Carlos can listen to anything and then he can create something. Like, hey, I'm having, you know, I want to title this, I want to create this content, and I just spit up everything that's in my mind, and he can categorize things, he can start to, you know, kind of come, allow for something to come together. And that's exactly what we need to do as consultants. We need to listen to each other, trying to decipher, trying to break things down into pieces that make a lot more sense. So I think 
we have to, you know, be able to be flexible and be willing to listen to each other. Actually, on my project, I'm on one of our UX designers. Uh, she was actually a fourth grade teacher for like 15 years. She did a, a UX certification online, and now she's here as a new analyst in the song development program. So never too late to start at any given point. Okay. So we got one more uh, from Nico who says, I have one more. Do projects work differ a lot depending on the audience? Mm. Depends on the client. Um, so, um, so the <laughs> depends on the client. They kind of decide um, what we're trying to do here. So we do. I think pre-COVID. Um, how was that like? I, I was a pre-COVID hire, um, but there was a lot of emphasis on hey, if you are in the South, you should be staying with projects that are based out of the South to keep down, you know, travel costs, to just keep down the time zone differences, things like that. Um, that's it. Now that we are in this COVID phase, um, and now that we're kind of clo hopefully closing that phase, there's a lot more flexibility that even though you're aligned to one office, you can work on, on any project in the country. We still try to stick to the same time zones of your client. Um, so yes, there are regions that are that are more focused on certain industries or on certain um, more on industry focus. But we're kind of now that we've expanded, right? That with with COVID, kind of introducing like, hey, people are remote. People can be from a variety of locations. People no longer have to travel as mu as much. There's a lot more flexibility. Um, so projects are different the clients decide on, on what we do um and i don't really feel like offices have a big role anymore um but you know i might be wrong carlitos let me know if i'm wrong here no i think you're right i think it's one of those places where they just need to to bucket you in a certain place for hr and payroll purposes more so than like actual project but uh to sandra's point again it really just depends on your project so for example the client i'm on it's a it's a really big client on the west and they have about 50 different projects going on at the same time so the projects i'm on may be one thing but someone else on the same client may be doing something completely different um and to sunday's point there are people scattered all over the world so my last project i had i reported to people in poland and in india and this project i work with people in in slovakia uh my HR person is based out of Buenos Aires. So it really just depends of like, how can we connect you virtually and to get the work done? Um, but uh, I was gonna say one more thing, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I can't, it's a long one, sorry. <laughs> You good or you want to move on, buddy? No, I think, yeah, let's move on. And if it comes up as a thought, then I'll just add it in as a thought. Well, it's I'll, his birthday. It's yeah, his birthday. It's <laughs> his birthday, so he's, he's allowed to be a little loopy today. Um, but I did want to ask one more question to kind of wrap things up a little bit because we're coming down to the hour. Um, I know a lot of people don't like this question, but, you know, you guys have been there for a little bit. You started just trying to see a perspective of the company. 
do you see yourself staying there for much longer or do you see with all the experience you've gained being able to take that elsewhere? Great question. And and I feel like I've learned so much that I can, I can, if I wanted to make a change, I could. I feel pretty, pretty confident about that. Um, and it's not because I'm, you know, not humble, but I've definitely learned a lot. I've been able to do, you know, some pretty great things and, and I'm responsible for some pretty, you know, big things here at Accenture. Um, with that said, I feel like this is a place that I personally still feel warm and fuzzy about where I have some pretty great relationships where I have seen a lot of growth, um, where I am allowed to cry, where I am allowed to be frustrated. So I do have that safety aspect as well. And I want to be like Nelly Borrero. I want to be like Jess Chapel. I want to be like Jamie Maldonado. Like I want to be these people. I want to be Marty Rogers. I want to be like, there's just so many of our leaders that lead by example where I'm like, I want to do what they're doing, just, you know, the Sandra Chavez version. And I feel very passionate about that. Could life shift my goals? Of course. I do feel that I am great at changing my job, but I am not great at changing my personal life. Um, so we're working on that. We're working on being a little bit more flexible. So perhaps things do change, but for right now, um, for example, I'm, I am going to be starting, um, don't tell anybody I told you, but work in Latin America. I am actually doing something that I've been wanting to do since I got here, and that was to work with engineers um, in, in Latin America, and I'll be you know, hopefully soon making my first few international trips for work. And it's something that I've been looking forward to. And here we are three years later, I'm going to be able to accomplish that. Um, so yes, it's scary. A lot of this, a lot of it is, is, is like, oh crap, like, what if I fail? But I know that ultimately somebody will be there to catch me. Um, and another piece is too that I've learned to believe in myself here. Uh, my boss has told me so many times, you've earned it, you've earned it, you've earned it, because my go-to, anything good would happen, I'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much, like, thank you, thank you, you did this for me, I can't believe it, and so many times, he just said, you've earned it, and now it's to the point where I believe it, so I'm like, oh wow, you know, like, I can, I can do this, I can do great things here, so I still feel, you know, like I have, I have a lot more to, to do here at Accenture. Well, to follow up on that, um, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it a little vague, uh, just because I don't really know how to answer this question because I don't really know myself. But I think it's one of those places where you can really, it's one of those companies where your work life and your personal life also kind of blend together. In a sense of, as life happens to you, you can really take a step back and reevaluate kind of what's best for me at the moment. And the sense of, are you building a family? Are you wanting to go back to school? Are you wanting to take a break from industry? Are you wanting to, to take a leave of absence? Like, and depending on where you're at in life, um, I would say you can always reevaluate without feeling that that fear of, if they even think I'm going to leave, like they're going to fire me. 
Um, so like for me personally, like I want to hit consultant and then that consultant, I'll see where I'm at in life and kind of evaluate my next steps at that point. Um, but what I see myself saying here long-term, it's a possibility. Uh, I kind of just want to say that it depends and that's the most cliche consultant answer we can give you. Uh, but uh, I do want to throw this out there. Accenture has a really big boomerang community as well. And the sense that people come and go from the company all the time. And Accenture is really good about welcoming people back, um, assuming they left on the terms. So um, only because you leave the company doesn't mean that you're blacklisted forever. If you leave the company and you realize you want to come back, it was a place for you, they'll probably welcome you back with open arms. I think in, in the grand scheme of things, it's so much better to live your truth. Right. So if you're at, at a point in your life where you're enjoying your career, you're enjoying your life, things, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but overall you feel satisfied, continue to live that. But if there comes a moment, right, where you decide, hey, it's time for me to gracefully exit here, it, it is the, if it's right for you, you go ahead and do it. That I think we're all empowered here to make the decisions that are best fit for us at the time of our lives that we need. Um, we don't want to lose you, but if you look at it, it's just, you need to live your truth and you need to make decisions that are going to be good for you. Um, and that's people at our products. We would be much rather happier that everybody is satisfied with what they're doing. I will say a quick plug. Accenture has a fantastic maternity and fraternity program, surrogacy program, all that. So um, that's definitely a plug. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but here at Accenture, I learned it, that you can actually be a working mom because I thought it would be impossible to be able to do both. So a lot of my initial thoughts are, are shifting with the exposure that I get here. And, and I think a lot more things are possible than what I thought they were back then. And that also means being a pet mom. Accenture does offer pet insurance, if you didn't know. So. And with that, I'll go ahead and call it. Uh, I want to thank our speakers, Sandra and Carlos. Thank you so much for taking time to come to our talk. Um, again, if you guys want to revisit this talk, it will be on our podcast as of tomorrow. So it's Break the Routine Podcast by Region 7. Um, so hopefully you'll tune into the next talk, uh, tech uh, industry talk. I'll be on the tech companies. But other than that, guys, uh, feel free to connect with our speakers on LinkedIn or any other format you guys wish. Uh, and I'll go ahead and call it a night. So thank you all for attending. And until next time. Gracias. Abrazos.